Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Cadaver Lab podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Jeff. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Sam. And we are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I made that joke up all by myself. Nice. Yeah, thank First of all, I would uh, like to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate it. We had some downloads the first episode, and we really appreciate the support. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully you're going to enjoy this one. We'd actually also like to thank James from the Dried Blood podcast. gave us uh, some very complimentary words on his podcast that came out today, and uh, we actually have had a couple of people hear that, check ours out and download it, and uh, we just want to say we appreciate it very much. He's got a great podcast uh, he does it alone, so it's a little bit tougher. I, it would be a lot harder to, to listen to me for an hour, I'll I guarantee you that. without. That's somebody. pretty amazing he does that by himself. Yeah, yeah we feed off each other a lot. Yeah, and, and he does a great job. I mean, his, he's he's probably in my top two or three favorite horror podcasts that I listen to, and that's the only kind I listen to. So there you go, James. We appreciate it. Um, anyhow, today's subject, we are going to be discussing the Evil Dead trilogy. Solid movies, cult classics. Hey, and, and, and just before we get into it, I've got to say, because thank heavens for the, the Evil Dead trilogy, uh-huh. and thanks heaven, thank heavens for this podcast, because I, ha- I was dragged to Mamma Mia over the weekend, and let me tell you, I, I, I came out of there sporting a vagina. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for those movies and that trilogy and getting into it, I would still be walking around. With the little string hanging out of my Oh, throat. my gosh. <laughs> so, so thanks for that. I bet you every time Sam tells that joke, it gets a little bit dirtier. <laughs> yeah, you'd be right. Yeah, well, all right. Is there anything anybody else has to say before we dive right into the Evil Dead series? Thank heaven it's here. No. <laughs> no. I'll, thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. For those of you who don't know, this is uh, Je- Jeff's a noob in uh, podcasting. <laughs> this is his first one. You know, where we're so experienced, this is our number two. You're a two. podcast verge. Yeah. Yes. Nope, and yes, he has had two syllables in the podcast <laughs> thus know, far. Just to get this straight. You know, you don't need to talk just to add more s- syllables. <laughs> well, I, I just want to tell you why. I almost had a really dirty joke, and I found it inappropriate. You know what? This is as highbrow as it comes, and we appreciate you. your restraint. Thank yes. you. All right. Evil Dead, 1981. By the way, if anybody bought that, about the highbrow, then... You have probably not listened to our first one, so go back and download it. We'd appreciate it. Anyways, The Evil Dead 1981, or as it is known in some special circles, The Evil Dead, The Ultimate Experience in Grueling Horror. And let me tell you, it was an ultimate experience. Directed by and written by Sam Raimi. Uh, we all know Sam Raimi nowadays. You know, He did Spider-Man, Hercules, Xena, Darkman... This is one of his first uh, big movies. I think he'd done other, uh, some other films for school and whatnot, but the budget for this was 350000 and I think up to this point this was his biggest budget movie. Just, uh, and, and just so you know, I'm, I'm rattling off a couple of facts, and every fact I get is either from Wikipedia or IMDb. I pro- it'll probably get fairly aggravating if I were to source every, every fact out to one of those two places. So just assume I got it from one of those uh, places, unless I otherwise specify. Keep in mind when he says fact, there's an asterisk there, considering well, <laughs> it's from Wikipedia. Well, <laughs> well, they're good peer-reviewed articles. We'll just say that. Let's see. The IMDb says that the release date was 83, when actually it was 81. Sounds like it, some good, reliable information. Uh, the IMDb rating is 7.6. It was rated NC-17 when it came out, and it was not rated on DVD. In fact, this is one of the video nasties. 
that uh, came out in the early 80s for, in, in the UK labeled it. They grouped together a bunch of uh, extra gory and scary movies and labeled them as video nasties. I don't know what they did. I, I know they do banned a, them. Do you have a list of what the other ones are? I, I could look one up real quick. Well, you know, we ought to put that up on the website because I, I think that's pretty interesting. This was, this was a really good movie. And if it got listed as one of those, yeah. we probably ought to know what the other ones are. And so we can make sure we've seen them. That's exactly right. All right. They're a fountain of information. <laughs> the budget I'd mentioned was 350000 The gross in the U.S. that it made was $2.4 million, and overall was $29.4 million estimated. So this actually made quite a bit of money for its budget. Who wants to give a synopsis? That was really, really unnatural for you to raise your hand and me to... Wow, that was you know, cool. I, I raised my hand just just so there's no confusion. Paul asked me as nicely as he could to give the synopsis of this movie. Oh, anyway, we work together here. Let's just lay this down here. It starts out five Michigan State University students deciding they're going to go out to the, to the woods to a cabin and have an all-night party. Little did they know it wasn't going to be fun. Lame joke. <laughs> <laughs> they find the Book of the Dead which they call Mortarum Demento, which is a Babylonian Sumerian text, believe it or not. I believe it. Unrelated to the Egyptian Book of the Dead, though. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, while searching the basement of the cabin, they find and play a tape recording of a demonic incantation from the the book, (laughs) (laughs) unwittingly resurrecting slumbering demons. So the demons, one by one, pick off just about everybody in the group except for Ash. And that's pretty much it. And the synopsis actually gave most of the movie away. That's how we like to do it. That's yeah. how we roll. Don't listen to it if you want it. No, I'm just well, by definition, <laughs> a synopsis, I did a great job. No, that's true. And maybe I should have mentioned this before. We are assuming that everybody that is listening to this podcast has seen all three of these movies. So we are holding nothing back as far as spoilers are concerned. Okay. Way to get that disclaimer out there. All right, well, let's talk about some of the characters in the movie. <clears throat> there are five main characters in this film. Their names are Ash, which is play, who is played by Bruce Campbell, Cheryl, uh, Ellen Sandweiss, Scott, played by Richard Maninicor, uh, Linda and Shelley, played by Betsy Baker and Teresa Tilly, respectively. All right, so we've got characters. The movie's starting out with the students driving up the road, and you've got this guy that's, like, ripping on every single person, and that's Scott. <laughs> In the, in the front seat. And so he's pretty much a douchebag. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, Scott is. So then, but then you, you go back and there's three girls and there's two guys. And so pretty exciting there that there's, uh, you know, there's, there's one and a half. Yeah, how'd that guy. work out? I don't know. I don't even know why they did that. I, I kept wondering why is it odd like that, but I thought it was pretty good. She actually got out of a, a long committed relationship barely. So. <laughs> It's okay, so so we got I that. I was taken hoping care of. for something kinky to come up <laughs> soon, but that never came. Oh, what are you talking about? Never came. Didn't you see the tree rape scene? Yeah. <laughs> With the five, I mean, you know. Paul was hoping he could get in that cellar. Anyhow, let's you know what's you know what's funny about that though. We can just go ahead and say it here. When when the characters were were going to be sitting around as the movie was starting inside the cabin, they were actually going to be sitting around smoking marijuana. Yeah, and they tried it. They actually did it, but they, they were too, like, they couldn't do their parts, and so they had to go back and get sober. And so then, so and then let me ask it. you something. <laughs> How is it that a bunch of kids who were supposed to act like they were high on dope couldn't because they were high on dope? Well, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> well, we're, we're making it work. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, it's interesting, but they... Uh, but they get to the cabin, and there's some, you know, there's some little jokes here and there. But they kind of develop the characters a little bit. You see, there's a relationship there between Ash and Linda, 
And and then you've got someone else that's a little freaked out. I think it was either Cheryl. I or, think Cheryl uh, was the 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 alone one. Was the one that came up alone? Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, so but, Cheryl and Shelley. Cheryl, and Linda. Cheryl and Shelley and Linda were the girls. Scott and Ash. Ashley. So, well, yeah, he's actually his, his name's actually Ashley Williams in this. But uh, as far as some of the characters are concerned, we mentioned that Scott was a was a big jerk. We will give him the uh, last time, last episode, the episode one we we talked about. Uh, giving someone a kick in the balls, and maybe we should do that per episode. I think so. There's always somebody you want to kick in the balls. So, and you know, I, there was there may may or may not be more people we want to kick in the balls, and if we as we talk about Evil Dead Two and Evil Dead Three, even though it's not like I'm really hesitant to to want to kick someone in the balls, but we'll just say once a show. But Scott gets a kick in the balls for two reasons. Number one, obviously, we, we mentioned he's a jerk. Uh, one example of that is he, he thinks it would be a funny joke to point his shotgun. It ashes face in the basement when they're down there. And number two, he threatens to beat up a, a woman. Hey, hey, Mike, before you go on, gun in the face always works. <laughs> <laughs> that scares people every time. You know what? Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he is just such a consummate professional at scaring people and playing practical jokes that that, should, that, that worked. So the next character is Shelly. Was she the lone one? No, uh, Shelly was Scott, Scott's girlfriend. Scott's. So Cheryl. Cher- no, uh, yeah, Cheryl's the alone one. Cheryl was probably one of the, I mean, Scott was a jerk, but Cheryl was annoying. Yeah, she, she was a little bit whiny. You know, of course, they get there. They get to the cabin. There's basically two acts to this movie. The first part is, you know, they drive up to the cabin, and, you know, we get to know a little bit about each of the characters. They, I guess, have their dinner. they playing little card games, things like that, which actually is one pretty cool part that uh, they will talk about in a minute. Uh, however, Scott, we all learn, is a jerk. Cheryl, we all learn, is, who, who is the alone one, is, is trying to be an artist and is completely whiny. But, uh, you know, you need that. That way we don't care when she actually dies. The tide starts to turn on the movie and moves into Act 2 when they find the recorder downstairs with the tape on it that the professor who owns the cabin is actually reading off some of the incantations from the Book of the Dead. And that, of course, wakes up the demonic entity in the forest. It really gets starts getting nasty when Cheryl, I guess she's an artist, she goes in there, she's trying to draw whatnot. And then all of a sudden the entity takes her over and she draws the Necronomicon. Why don't, why don't you explain to us, Sam, what happens after that? So that that's where things really started going downhill. <laughs> yeah. um, the the entity, I guess, comes in. Or I guess we're getting to the tree rape scene is what we're is what we're trying to get to here. Finally. This is this is actually <laughs> this is actually uh, a scene where the entity comes in and grabs Cheryl, and then she runs out of the house. Like crazy, and the trees go get her, and then they take advantage of her. Is a nice way to say it. And, and interestingly enough, about this, they actually banned this version in Germany, and they put out the video the same time as they did the movie because they knew this was going to happen. And so, because they knew this was going to happen, uh, these videos are out there now with that scene in it. And so, they're they're pretty hot commodities out there if you can find one. But uh, it's pretty graphic. Uh, she got out there a little bit scary, you know. And it, it it's not a quick scene. It's it's one of those scenes that takes a long time where she's running out there. The trees grab her, rips her clothes off slowly and you know pretty violently. And then all of a sudden, there's insertion of the the branch, and they we, show that pretty quick. But yeah. I mean, it's a little disturbing. Well, honestly. and even to this day, I mean, even though we have. 
a lot of the violence in this movie wasn't that realistic. At least it wasn't as realistic as some of the violence in the in the gore that goes on in some of today's movies. But even today, that one number one hasn't been copied. I I, I can't think of another movie where that happens. Maybe there is one that I haven't seen. Uh, no, I would say that foliage rape is not something that's a topic that, that people try to tackle in movies generally. <laughs> right? Maybe it's just because this movie did such a perfect job of it; they couldn't be topped. Reading from Jeff notes here, uh, it was also banned in uh, Finland, Iceland, and Ireland. Sam mentioned Germany, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty hardcore stuff back then. Well, which was um, as the movie goes on, uh, it practically turns into just a gore fest, where each of the members of of the original party uh, all die off, except for Ash, of course, who is our main protagonist, and will stick with us throughout the trilogy. But some of the ways that the, that the people, that some of the other characters get dispatched are fun. Most notable. They definitely don't leave the violence up to the imagination no, at all. No. No. And, and also it's, it's funny, even though this was probably the, the only movie that was let, that was kind of had the idea to be straight up horror. Uh, you know, we go into the other two movies and there's a lot of, of uh, comedic elements. However, uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in this. Just, uh, I mean, a lot of the, um, you know, I don't, maybe there was a little wink, you know, when they were doing it so that it, it I mean, they knew it was going to be funny, but the budget was so low that some of the deaths were ridiculous, but they were all fun. Well, you know? I actually saw a note that half the budget was spent on bookshelves for Ash to be thrown into. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, all like 18,000 bookshelves he broke in the making of this movie. He is not serious. I, I couldn't believe how many bookshelves, and he still got up. Well, and, and, and that's another thing. This movie has a lot of time with just Ash trying to survive. I mean, there, of course, is uh, my, my favorite kill, I think, or my favorite death of the whole movie is his girlfriend. Actually, I think the creepiest part in the movie, the first time, I, it hasn't gotten me since, but the first time I saw this movie, there was a part where um, uh, two of the girls are sitting there. Uh, one of the girls thinks that she's a psychic. You know, the other girl's pulling up a card. Uh, girl number two is guessing what it is, and of course she's wrong. But uh, the, the girl holding the cards is saying, oh, that's right. You, you know, I can't believe it. But then as they, as they go into it a little bit more, uh, Cheryl, who just got done with the tree rape scene, uh, is looking out the window, and all of a sudden she starts rattling off the cards one by one. Ace of spades, you know, six of hearts. And then she turns around, and she's that's the the big demonic reveal of the show. And, of course, all the sound effects come into play. Uh, that's scared. That's scared. You know what was great about that was generally when, in a movie, they're getting ready to scare you. Mm-hmm. They go to a break, and then they start the scene, and then you wait for a while, and it builds up to where it's scary. This was so well done because you have these two cities. It goes to a new scene, right. and they're sitting there right there t- playing the cards. And so it takes you way off guard because you're like, okay, yeah. this is nothing scary. And then you kind of laughing because you would do the same thing to your friend. This, this girl's just eating it up. Oh, I'm so smart. Right, exactly. I'm a psychic where the other one's just playing her. And then it just jumps right into that demon, and it, it, it took me off guard when I saw it. And that's why I think that was so scary. Well, in... And that's when we, we that's our first uh, introduction to the violence in the movie. I mean, I guess the, not to say the tree rape wasn't violent, but blood and guts and all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, Did you see the clothes she was wearing. She was asking for it. <laughs> oh man! Wow! That's, wow! We uh, we appreciate our thirty listeners now that has been knocked down to two listeners. <laughs> we appreciate it. not just teasing, but. Uh, 
yeah, all of a sudden there's there's tons of violence. They're, they're just kicking this zombie's butt. You know, of course, uh, I think there's so much violence because the, cause the uh, zombies never go down. I mean, they just keep coming, so you have to keep laying it on. You know, but finally they they wrangle. This was Cheryl. The uh, they wrangle her and stick her in the in the basement and uh, chain it up. Which is which is really creepy. While she's in the basement, because she keeps popping her head in. And they're all hanging out in the front people. room. That's what I couldn't yeah. get. They kept looking over at her. Nobody's freaking out. Yeah, and there's this demon. They don't that's know what up. to do. They don't know how to kill her. So yeah. Why didn't they go in one of the bedrooms or something? Yeah, like no, they hung out in the front room with the demon <laughs> popping up. Pop goes the demon. And then, <laughs> exactly. Let's go over the floor plan of the house. The, the family room was actually the most comfortable room. Bedrooms <laughs> were not suitable for four people. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think I would make a special exception if there is a demon poking its head out of the basement cellar door. The window was broken out in the other room, too. And it was chilly. You know, that could be it. <laughs> You know, the one thing I didn't understand when you were saying how they kept knocking down the zombies over and over, mm-hmm. or whatever you call them, demons, um, on the tape, it actually said the only way to get rid of them is by ripping them apart, basically. Dismemberment. Dismemberment. Yeah, yeah, so, so, I mean, so, I mean he, he heard it. He just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, okay, let's lock him in the basement, or let's, like, let her sit in the doorway. I don't get that. Well, well the demon was attacking him, and somebody kicked her down into the basement. So they, they technically did not have a chance to dismember her. And they hadn't discovered the chainsaw yet, but you're right. The first girl they didn't have the opportunity, but the second girl, you know, there were plenty of opportunities. Well, and let's put it this way: the the second girl, I can't remember who went next. However, when Linda goes down, actually, I think Linda was the very was last. I, you know, I don't exactly remember because I I, I know that uh, when Linda went down, Scott was already dead uh, because they didn't deal with him anymore. It, it, basically, what happened is Ash took her to the work shed where there was a table where I assume hunters clean their animals because there were, you know, chains, things like that. Either it was a shed where hunters clean their animals or is a place that... S&M heaven, baby. Yeah. And I'm going to assume the first because... I, can you imagine the an old professor? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I, just stop that. I don't know right if I there. want to imagine that. However, so he takes her in there. He uh, chains her, you know, like stra- uh, straps her to the to the table, gets out the chainsaw, fires it up, and doesn't have the heart to to dismember her. You know, I have a point about that chainsaw. In my history of chainsaws, it takes forty seven poles. That thing started up quick, and that's <laughs> in did. some abandoned cabin, abandoned work shed. Who knows the last time it had its oil changed. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Whoever made that chainsaw, give me a call. Because <laughs> Jeff wants to buy a reliable chainsaw. Well, I'm left-handed. They don't make chainsaws for left-handers. <laughs> well, maybe that's why it takes you 47 times to start it up, because your right arm's too weak. Good point, but let's let's think later in the movie, Ash starts it with his teeth. I was just so. going to say <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Goes, <laughs> okay. It, it also never runs out of gas. You yeah, know, that's right. It's, well, you know, those were very; those had high gas mileage. Is that what it's <laughs> rated? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but instead of dismembering her, he goes out and buries her, and that was a big mistake because she came back alive and she wreaked havoc. So and that's when I learned something. There's a time when you have a chance to dismember your girlfriend on a table. You take it. <laughs> yeah, you need to have the stomach for it. Asterisk only if first possessed. <laughs> right, we we don't condone anything except for dismembering anything except for uh, demons possessed. Anyhow, that was a mistake. But that was one that that actually 
Uh, I'm glad that happened because it was. It ended Can I up. Go being, ahead and say that that came back to bite him. Oh <laughs> no! My no, scratch. <laughs> well, it it also came where she. There's a scene where she ends up coming out of the ground, goes jumping at him, and he uh, decapitates her with a shovel in midair. And who can't do that? <laughs> I, that was great. <laughs> that that's that's one of my favorites in the movie. One thing I did want to mention about this movie is the sound effects. The sound effects were ultimately probably some of the creepiest and most... Some of the sound made you tense, I guess is the way to put it. Just because, I mean, I, I was mentioning uh, one time, the first time I, one of the first times I watched it, my wife was walking out and kept poking in her head saying, What is that? It's making me nervous and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But uh, ah, I think it, it helped a lot with the movie. That's interesting that that voice was a demon and your wife. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know my. You know what? That you know that's not funny. I'm not even gonna laugh. <laughs> I'm not laughing either. Just okay. making a point. No. no, you know what else about that though is just like in the Japanese horror genre that we see today. One of the things that I find very creepy about that is that they have the the people moving like spiders, mm-hmm. and and I, I just that that creeps me out. And I noticed that there was a similar type of thing going on with the demons in the Evil Dead that they would cock their heads sideways. And look at you, mm. and I thought I, that just kind of creeped me out while they're talking to you, and they just they'd go sideways like that and kind of hunch up a little bit. I thought that was kind of unique. It wasn't just the slow moving, you know, zombies coming out of this the the graveyard or anything like that. It was they they moved quick and they would uh, they would come at you just creepy. Yeah. Well, let's put and, and also speaking of the Asian horror movies, yes, and, and some of the things that uh, that uh, are similar between that and this. Uh, I don't know if you guys, I mean, with the sound effects, there were the there were the uh, the layer upon layer of voices that were you know tweaked or whatever. The, the sound had a big thing, and I don't I don't know if you guys remember the Grudge where you heard. Uh, oh yes, uh, yes, remember that? Yep, that's creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. So in in I kind of feel the same way about uh, the the sound effects used in this movie, except for this one just just made me tense. I have a question. Do you guys know if they've ever come out with a redubbed version? I found that my my movie was really loud on certain parts and ridiculously quiet on other parts. Oh, I, interesting. I, I was flipping the volume up and down constantly. I, was, I think they did that I on purpose. Too. I, was, I was, wonder if they did because, I mean, you guys all remember that internet gag where there's like, make, make sure your speakers are on and look in the corner of this picture because you're going to see oh, something that's right. very, you know. So you turn up, your, you know, they have it very quiet and then you turn up your, uh, your computer speakers and all of a sudden uh, Reagan from The Exorcist a picture of her all grotesque, and there's a scream on a bad. It's scary, you know. The like in '95 to '98, I think everyone in the world got scared by that one. Hey, I didn't know Evil Dead was the root of that. That's, that's awesome. Well, maybe. Well, but just think about it. You turn it up so you can listen to him talk, and then you know they rely so heavily on on sound in this movie that they just it'll waste you. We're talking. I was going 20 points of volume differential. Maybe there was an issue with the with the copy, but. Maybe you just don't know how to watch a movie, man. <laughs> what do you say to that? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. That was a that was a decent uh, recap of the Evil Dead. I would say that um, this is a definite a, a definite recommend. I recommend this movie. It is with, with the with a couple of uh, caveats. The first one is don't expect a lot of uh realistic don't let the non-realistic special effects throw you off because it is i mean it's funny though i mean you see you 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 know when 
um, a zombie or one of the possessed people are about to get wasted because <laughs> it's also in a doll, you know, That's or something right. like that. They don't hold back. I, I really liked how they did not hold back. I mean, they went all out with the violence. Yeah. Heads getting ripped off, blood and white milk coming out at every point. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was really good that way. Yeah, so, I mean, if you can kind of look past that, it's a creepy movie. I think the rest of it kind of turns into a, uh, like I said, everyone that's listening to this has probably already seen it, but if you haven't seen it in a long time, check it out. I I definitely say it's a record. Definitely gets a Bone Saw Award. Bone Saw Award. That's right. That's our, the Cadaver Lab podcast's uh, new exclusive and very prestigious award, film award. But theoretically, we shouldn't be reviewing any movies that don't deserve one. Well, no, that's not true. I think eventually we'll we'll talk about movies that come out and and uh, you know Speak, right. Speaking of one that would that, that would not get the Bone Saw Award would be Mike's review of The Lost Boys: The Tribe. Oh yeah, did I talk about that already? No, you, you did talked not. about it a little bit in number the first episode that it was coming out. Oh well, yeah. Let let me di- let me let me just take a minute. We're done with Evil Dead, but but before we get into Evil Dead Two. Let's talk about The Lost Boys for a minute. The Lost Boys 2, The Tribe, which comes out tomorrow. I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy. So, in the first episode, if, if, you, haven't, if you haven't seen the first, or heard, listened to the first episode, we encourage you to do so, because uh, then you can see our take on a couple of great movies. And it's funny. It's funny. It's funnier because Jeff is not in it. <laughs> so, I'm just teasing. But, uh... The Lost Boys, we, we touted the, the, the Lost Boys. It came out in 87. It was stylish. It was cool. It was, uh, you know, the special effects were great. It, it wasn't over the top. Everything that we said about that one, good, in a positive light. I would like to say the same things except for uh, in the negative sense because this was a terrible movie. It basically took everything special about the first one and uh, threw all that away and then just decided to become a... Below average generic vampire movie, and it was I, I love you, Corey. Well, that's what right. I'm hearing out of that. Listen, okay, Corey Feldman did Edgar Frog well, you know. But you know, just before I go on, I, I want to I want to admit that I did not I could not sit through the whole thing. I could I could not finish it. However, my wife finished it, and she told me that the only spot that Corey Haim had in the whole movie was after the end credits had rolled. And it uh, kind of started up again, and there's a few second um, scene with Corey Haim. It's too bad that he couldn't get his act together to get in it more. Not that it would have made it any better. Anyhow, any more thoughts on Evil Dead 1? There is a, a section I love that Sam puts on for us. It's the the quotes, whatever. Oh, yes. yes. I think you have a title for that. Yes, I do. It's called uh, Who Else Said That? Yeah. And so I did find some, a couple of quotes, interestingly enough, from the Evil Dead of uh, where we where we see these quotes other places. Um, the first one is when Ash, when they're going over the bridge to get to the cabin, they say, don't let the noise fool you, girls. This thing's as solid as a rock. And uh, I actually found that Hugh Hefner says that to his bunnies when he gets the pump out. So <laughs> oh, because the pump's making the noise. That's, that's right, yes. Yeah, so that's, that was pretty interesting. Wow, I'm I'm surprised they put that on the internet. That's right, and then made the, it searchable. Well, he has his own television show, so it's you know, it's been actually on TV. <laughs> so then the other quote from the Evil Dead is, "Whatever it is, it's still down there." And when I put that into the uh, Google search engine, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, it was actually Valtrex's first catchphrase: <laughs> the herpes medication. So. 
Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, trust me. Go out and find those. Just search for it. Yeah, just search for it. You'll find it, I promise. <laughs> Back to Valtrex. Isn't that a negative ca- ad campaign? You should uh, take it, and then it disappears. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's well just, but they they want to create some they, kind of a dependency. But that's why they don't use it. Are you saying it's interesting <laughs> it's still down there because you can't see it anymore? That's It must be. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is they said it. I believe you, Sam. So anyways, yeah, those those are a couple of quotes. But also there's another uh, section here that, uh, that Jeff has put together, uh, some interesting trivia. There. He's actually bringing something worthwhile to the podcast. Shockingly. Yeah. They were dissing on me a little earlier, but I want you guys to know I bring a t- completely different anal to this. <laughs> Did you say anal? A what? <laughs> a completely different what? He said a completely different anal. <laughs> wow. I meant angle, but both work. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, br- he actually brings another anus into the room. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Yeah. As if three no, anuses weren't enough. If you had to bring your colostomy bag, <laughs> I don't think I could sit here. You know, I need to get through this next segment, so... Anyway, yeah, the part I want to bring up is other movies from the same year, just to kind of put this movie into perspective against its competition. Um, this movie had some pretty big blockbusters, starting with probably my favorite. This year. Yeah, of the 1981, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Great movie. It's mm-hmm. a solid flick. Next, best one on the list, Clash of the Titans. PG boobs. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's it. I still remember junior high. Yeah. And and seeing those for the first time, teacher couldn't run fast enough up there with the little paper to cover well, he it was, up. He's not a spry guy. <laughs> we must have been in the same class. Yeah, I remember thinking that's what those things look like. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. Uh, in the horror movie genre, we have American Werewolf in London. Pretty good, not my favorite. Mike will argue with me on that one. Well, it's not my favorite either, but it's. I just have a hard time people dissing on it. Another two that were great were Friday the 13th Part 2, which... It's just exact remake of the first one, just different girls and different guys. Did you, did you actually see it? You know, have I, you seen Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? Since I wasn't even alive in 1981, I, I wasn't alive in 19. 19- oh well, yes, what I'm was. saying is I probably saw it on like one of those USA Up All Night uh, marathons. So you know, we're gonna saw- we're gonna have to do just uh, we. Uh, Jeff is younger than the rest of us. We're all basically the same age. Jeff is probably about seven or eight years younger than the rest of us. We're going to have to do a Friday the 13th retrospective for for his benefit. Yeah, we're going to do all 16 episodes. You know what? That is not a joking matter. (laughs) That series is hallowed. We'll do do a one through nine, and we'll kind of group that into one. I'm dissing on the greatest... Horror series of well, all time. I apologize. The, the ignorance is staggering. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jason. Anyway, the last one on this list was Halloween 2, which is pretty good. Kind of falls in that same, you know, multi-sequel, whatever you want to call it, as Friday the 13th. Just but, but here's the deal about those two, and I won't go into this too much because we're, we don't want to get too off topic, that Friday the 13th Part 2 and Halloween Part 2 are the first sequels to awesome classic movies. You know, and you're right, it gets a little ridiculous probably around 4, 5 and 6 even though I like all those movies for Halloween and uh starting at, you know, at uh, really at 4, you know, 5 and up uh for the Friday the 13th series, they kind of it, they kind of follow the same model. But, you know, at that point when these movies came out, there there was uh this was new stuff. I mean, this was uh still fairly untapped yeah. Resources. I also think that during that time, people were so hungry for horror 
and the slasher was the king at the moment. So anything where oh, someone, definitely. someone was getting hacked apart, you know, there's always a good like naked chick getting hacked up. Kind of interesting to see. You know, it kind of helped. Sure. Well, anyway. without a doubt. Yeah, and you did mention one of the movies you mentioned was uh, Clash of the Titans, which I find uh, interesting. It came out the same year because in The Evil Dead, there was a lot of stop motion special effects, just like in uh, The Clash of the Titans. And I wonder if it was cutting edge at that point. I mean, I wonder it t- by today's standards, it looks really fake and, and whatnot. But I mean, but it's still enjoyable. I just wonder if, if back then that was cutting edge. I, I don't really know. Well, that's all I have for the movie section. All right. Well, do you want to jump right into Evil Dead 2? Let's do it. So, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 1, like I said, did, did fairly well. It grossed worldwide, uh, what was it, $29 million or something like that. Since Evil Dead 1 made, was made for 350000 and ended up, it made $29 million. And I think it, it uh, in the U.S., you know, you know, fairly close to its release, it made $2.4 million. That is a heck of a of a return on investment. So of course they made evil dead Two. Uh, the budget this time was a lot. It was, it was 10 times the budget of the first one, 3.5 million. Um, it actually only grossed 5.9 million total. So not as successful of a film, which I find interesting because, uh, I like this film a lot more. Well, it was six years later. Yeah. This was, this was six years after that, 1987. Right. Trying to think what I'm sure that I'm sure there was another Indiana Jones about that time. Or yeah, something. we'll get into that after this review. But I think a lot of it has to do with what it was up against. There's some great movies. Some big, well, but big but, this, but this number here is from then till now. Well, here's another interesting part about this too. You see, kind of a, a progression of the movies where you have the Evil Dead number one that's just completely horror and scary and violent, and you get into Evil Dead two where it's almost like. Sam Raimi is is almost poking fun at Evil Dead a little bit yeah. because about halfway through it starts getting pretty funny and it you know it's slapstick and stuff like that but it's a really good mix it plays on each other very well and so that may be that may play into it because if if the people that went to see the rated X Evil Dead yeah. who who loved that movie are going to see you know they're excited about Evil Dead Two and they go see it and and then halfway through it starts kind of getting funny. I can see where there may be some letdown and then they start talking about it in that little tight knit community and then it's just it's just not going to get the run that it. Well, it, and it didn't even really take that long to get into the to into the humor. Uh, this movie starts out with a seven minute kind of recap of the first one. They did that because Sam Raimi lost the rights to the first movie somehow. I don't really know the details. Uh, even in the even in the first seven minutes, you know they get. Uh, they actually do a recap, but they they cut out the th- uh, three of the characters, so it's actually just Ash and Linda going up to the the cabin. And I thought it started getting funny when you know it, it goes through uh, Linda. It, it, the same thing happens; she dies. Ash buries her. She gets up and she's dancing around like com- you know, totally stop motion animation or, or whatever you call it. You know, she's she's bouncing her head around and she's. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty funny. You know, and also that's in the first seven minutes is when when he ends up decapitating her somehow. Her head ends up in Ash's lap when he's sitting in the in a chair in the in the, uh, in the cabin. She ends up latching on with her teeth onto Ash's hand, and when that happens, Ash starts flinging his hand around, smashing it against everything. And that's to me that was funny. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff where it was just him beating the crap out of himself. Yeah. And I thought it was really one of the other parts of that too was when when there's when he's looking in the mirror. Yeah, and that was done so well. I went back and I had to watch that again 
to 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 mm-hmm. see because I I would have had no clue that that was two different people yeah. doing the same motions. I had to go back and look, and even when you watch it for a second time, uh-huh. they do so well you can't tell that that it's actually two people, and then they hit each other. I mean, that really that shocked me when when that when he reached <laughs> through and and they they hit each other like that. I right. thought that was great. And uh, this movie actually. Uh, we mentioned how Ash in the first in, the, in Evil Dead One had some time just by himself, you know, had a lot of time to just to kind of fight the demons and whatnot. Half this movie is him by himself, you know. It's you know, and, and it's actually since it's a little more comical, you know, it uh, Bruce Campbell really puts in a, a an awesome performance. Uh, what ha- this actually picks up right at, when right at the end of Evil Dead One, uh, the last shot is the entity in the forest coming through. Right before it hits Ash, you know, right before it comes up and overtakes Ash, we see, you know, that's when the credits start rolling. But but this movie actually, after the recap, it starts right there, you know, and he actually turns into a a, a, a possessed zombie. See, I'd, at the first of this, I didn't realize that it was a it was a recap. I, I thought it was the, the second time Ash is going back up to the cabin. I'm like, what an idiot. Why is he bringing <laughs> girls to this cabin to become possessed? <laughs> is he just a sadist or what? I thought the exact same thing. I was confused as to what was going yeah, on. I, I thought it was more of a remake than the recap. And I think they should have explained that a little more. Well, we're, I'm just glad that the that since it's a remake, the first... Oh, you mean the whole movie of Evil Dead 2? I mean, until I was 10 <laughs> minutes into it, I was like, okay, now this is different. Because, I mean, at first I had the recap, then I was like, no, this is a remake, because this right. is almost identical, just right. a different girlfriend. But well, and, it, and it's a little bit different. Out, he likes Linda's. Yeah, <laughs> he likes he likes Linda's with weird hair, hairdos. <laughs> but uh, this this movie, the first half of it, like we said, is Ash, is, Ash has a lot of epic battles. One... I say epic jokingly because one's with his severed hand. And, of course, in any movie with a severed hand, except for maybe The Addams Family, which might be the only other movie with a severed hand that's animate, uh, it flips him off, which is totally funny. So, <laughs> I, I think if I were to make a movie with a severed hand, and it, it would definitely have a few flip-offs. You know, we, uh, the, but the other, the second epic battle, I think, is with his himself, his going crazy. The fir- That's the first half of the movie. He's completely going crazy. I mean, Sam mentioned the, the mirror scene. There's also a, a totally funny scene where he's sitting there, he's laughing, and then all of a sudden, like all the lamps and... Oh, uh, that's right. And there's one that sounds like Popeye. Do you guys... Do you, did you guys, oh, no. Did you guys mention no, I didn't see that, that one? But that was funny. And then that's when he's like starts bouncing up and down, like and kind of dancing. That was, that, that was some funny stuff. Yeah, my funniest scene that I saw in that movie is when he was running through the infinitely long house. <laughs> the 500-square-foot cabin, I think it was 95% doors, <laughs> 75% mini hallways. And I don't know how they did it, but uh, that, that house has Well, I'll tell you how awesome. he did that. He, uh, he actually accidentally took a wrong turn running away from the entity and ended up running around on the set. Since the set was in such shambles, it just kind of worked out. Well, you know, still low budget. Three, $3.5 million, still not a ton of money. You know, they don't have anybody there to clean up after him. He, he, as he's running through the hallways, though, he did end up faking out the demon because there was so many turns. And he did, and, and the demon actually stopped for a minute, became silent, moved, made the, made the demon moving noise, looked around, and then took off. And then left once on, I didn't. I didn't get that. 
You know, why would you find take it? off? You'd think he's not that, persistent. Listen, if those things had that much power, you'd think he would have mixed in a GPS sort of ambiance or something <laughs> Some that he's got. That he would know, yeah, soul sucker <laughs> yeah. or something. That he would be able to infrared see where this guy went. But I guess if that would have happened, the movie would have been over. So <laughs> Yeah, that would have sucked. It's really a credit to the, the filmography of this movie, though, the way that we are personifying the demon. And it, it's just the, the juxtaposition and the camera angles that they use to, to film. Well, about halfway through the show, a couple of people show up, a couple of other characters in the movie. Uh, oh, they've got the, they've got the uh, really good tow, touch, tow, tow truck driver, Hillbilly from yes, Tennessee. Hillbilly. I thought that was like, you know, that's just like a character you see in all horror movies. Of course. I thought that was good. And his girlfriend, which I think was a little too hot for I was going to say. But yeah, at the same she time, she hot. was so like white trash that... Uh, I think it's possible. They it, really dumped her down to try and fit with that guy. Yeah, that's what happened. But what what ends up happening is the daughter and the son-in-law or daughter's boyfriend uh, were were bringing some extra pages, some daughter lost pages of the professor. Of the, well, who did I say? Nobody. Oh, the daughter of the professor and in her either her husband or her boyfriend uh, are taking some extra pages of the Necronomicon to the professor, and uh, when they show up. Everyone's dead except for Ash, and all they see is blood all over the place. There, uh, there are. He's just kind of freaking out. They assume that he is the one that took it, that dispatched of all the bodies and killed their parents. So at first they weren't very friendly to Ash. Yeah, I was gonna make a comment back to the tow truck driver. Yeah, you know he thought he was pulling the biggest scam in history. Oh yeah, why don't you explain? Well, what why happened, you set what it up happened for was that uh, he's like. I'll let you cross, or I'll find. I'll let you go along this hidden trail. Well, because well, here's the deal: bucks. the bridge that that leads to the cabin had been destroyed, and so at this at the destroyed bridge is this redneck and the redneck's girlfriend, and you know when the professor's daughter and son-in-law show up there, they unfortunately cannot cross the bridge, but they find the redneck couple. Yeah, and he scams them into saying, "I'll take you to the hidden trail for some money." And she says, "All right, if you take my bags, I'll give you a hundred. He thinks he's such a champ. Looks a little, in the car, sees a little purse or something. Little does he know, she she brought her whole bedroom. So yeah, she had a trunk in the trunk of the car, which you know that's. I, and I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was pretty funny. What did you guys think? What were some of your favorite scenes in the movie? You know, I really liked the uh, the professor's wife coming up out of the the ground out of the yeah. Cellar. Well, she, yeah, she." It I'll reminded your me. Soul. You know why that was so scary? It reminded me of every nursing home I've been into. <laughs> it was really scary to me because you see those things crawling around and they say stuff. You just don't even understand what the hell they're saying. When you say those things, do you mean elderly folk? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I have a small phobia. Of stuff I like have. That. I have a feeling that there, the the very few percentage of our listeners are elderly. But if we had any, they're gone now. If we had, we are any, systematically uh, offending every. I, I am offending you right now. You scare me if you're old and you talk in in Kandarian chants. Well, you, it, you scare me. You know, and here's the funny thing uh, about her being down there is in the first one it was Cheryl, but they didn't they didn't move Cheryl into the second to Evil Dead Two. But the idea of having a demon locked up in the uh, in the cellar apparently was great because they put her down there. And uh, they, we're going to make a movie really scary, and we just have to include the same part of the person in the basement. Exactly. And I by like the it. way, it's actually better. I, I think I think the execution's a little bit better in the second one. 
especially because they they actually get the demon's head stuck in the in the in the door. And now, somebody what what somebody jumps on the oh, door, that's and right. their that eyeball pops Jeez. up. That was yeah. great. And, and, and you see a point of view from the the eyeball fly a point of view shot from the eyeball flying across the room and right into the redneck girlfriend's mouth. <laughs> that, that scene, I was busting up laughing. That was so funny. Just for the record, she's had a lot worse, so I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure by the looks of her, she's screaming and <laughs> when they slammed that head in the the uh, it's like a trap door in yeah, the, the yeah trap the trap door. I mean, you're looking at the special effects, and I was looking around for Jim Henson. Yeah. At that point, because I looked just like a Muppet. <laughs> it was awesome. You know, but that's only the second best eyeball point of view shot in, in movie history. The best one is is in not a very great movie, American Werewolf in Paris, where a girl gets hers popped out and it drops down and like looks right in her cleavage for a while. But she's a, she's a zombie. But that is a, that's the number one eyeball point of view. Eyeball that's not in the socket point of view shot. I bet you there are very few people who have seen that movie because it really, or at least got that far in it because that wasn't a great movie. You know what was great about that too was all of the over-the-top blood that came shooting out. Oh yeah, from below when someone else went down there. Well, in 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 not only that, but when Ash was still fighting his hand, he sh- the hand goes into a mouse hole in the wall, and Ash is shooting the the shotgun. Into the wall at this thing, and all of a sudden he thinks he gets the hand because you hear, Ow! and all of a sudden the whole wall starts bleeding all over. Well, you know what was funny about that, too? And we're talking about special effects here because, you know, these things are supposed to be horribly scary. Well, I was laughing because as you're watching this fake blood shoot out of the house during that scene yeah. when Ash shot it, you can see that the hose wasn't exactly perfect of shooting it, so you get a drip <laughs> coming yeah. out. So you can tell that it's actually above where they're filming this right. from because the water's dripping out. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it it, uh, it obviously had nothing to do with the velocity. It was you know of the of gravity. It was just gravity. It was just pure gravity. We need to discuss the consistency of the blood. It looked a lot like punch. Well, yes, it did. I have a problem. I would have drunk that. Drink it, drunk it. Maybe that's how they got past the two gallon limit of blood before it's rated. Well, out. yeah, maybe they maybe they started off with two and really diluted it. Well, what they did was they went to the ratings board and they said, "Now listen, we want you to know that our demons bleed Kool Aid." And they bought it that's because right. this was not rated X. Remember, oh, no, the Kool Aid right. did turn into oil, though. It did. It turned black. Crude oil. It did. Yeah, it did. You don't remember? That? Yeah, it turned black. I don't remember that part. Well, in in uh, this movie, there's there's also the epic transformation of Ash into the hi, I made a chainsaw perfectly fit my arm so it's easy to move and it doesn't hurt my arm bones. Ash. I've, I've never seen a chainsaw equipped for a hand, for a uh, stub. Yeah. Ever. I, I, don't, I, I couldn't figure out where he was well, putting that in. Now, now, now let's take a step back here for a second. You, you, here's Ash, okay? And, and I'm going to jump a little bit ahead and I, I know we don't want to do that, but it, you know, just, for, just to make this point, I've got to do it. He, he, he goes up to this, this cabin in Tennessee. He is a Michigan State student. He works at S-Mart that we find out in Army of Darkness. So he's probably a full-time student of, obviously, of mechanical or some science. other type of it's, engineering. Yeah, it's because in, in the Evil Dead, he... Uh, he Army of Darkness. Uh, that's what I meant. The Army of Darkness, he has all... all he's all of a sudden this great brain, this engineering brain. Well, the books that he pulls out of his trunk. 
chemistry well, uh, 101. 101. Yeah, but since when does chemistry 101 help you make a mechanical hand that you can attach? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but we'll talk about that in, in the next segment. However, in Evil Dead 2, he, he, he straps it on, all the weight ratios work out, so it doesn't just kind of... And it becomes a weapon. It becomes an extension of Ash. I just, he's, he's an amazing guy because he can go to a school full-time. He can work full-time. I want to point out another thing about number two. Sure. Did you guys notice uh, there, was a point, there was a point in the, in the actual shotgun shooting where he actually worried about the amount of shells in the shotgun. Well, which then is became, the last time of all the movies. an infinite clip full of shotgun shells. Yeah. <laughs> no longer did it run out. No longer did he have to reload. My, my point is, is why they even bother loading it in the first place? That's a great question. I don't think to make it realistic. <laughs> they, All right, now they, they were they were still trying to be a little bit realistic yeah, in Evil Dead. Once too. they thought they fooled us, they thought they could get away with anything. Yeah, that's right. In the next one, it, it adds suspense to the movie when he's got to reload for the next shot. But right. then when he needs it, it has extra shots in it just in case. No, oh, yeah, uh, he's just uh, just being responsible, just making sure he has a, a store for the future. Anyway, this show basically what ends up happening is. Ash and then the daughter that, that showed up later find out that the way to kill the demon is to recite an incantation, make it show up in the flesh, and then open up a vortex to a new world and shove it through, and then it would be out of their hair. However, it doesn't work out quite like that. They do make they do make the beast flesh, except for... Well, there was a part where they had to go find the pages down in the cellar. Right. And it was really surprising to me that those pages, although they just dropped down right in the hole, they ended up going like 40 feet into the tunnel underneath Well, there. The, the grandma down there, or the old lady down there was moving them around. Yeah. She, if she was smart, she would have eaten them or destroyed <laughs> them. But she played hide-and-seek with them, and that's what I didn't get. <laughs> Again, if I guess if they did that, there would be no movie number three. You know what? Quit, quit coming up with... Uh, Ways to try to take Army of Darkness out of actually the no, I actually know why she didn't. They, demons actually only prefer human flesh, which the ba- the book was only bound in it. The pages were not human oh, flesh. Oh, that's right. You're <laughs> so correct. Anything, Who eats was, paper? That's as stupid as you Jeff, eat paper. Jeff, you. That's, that's exactly you're right. You're, you're, you're saying that because it wasn't delicious, she decided not to ruin their well, chances. If you notice, she hid the pages <laughs> in a puddle of water. She did. They were in water when he found them, so she tried hiding them the best a demon can. Come on. She thought that the blood ink would run. No, no, it did not. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, she, stupid demon. Well, let's put once you're once you become a demon and your head gets stomped on and your eyeball pops out, you are not thinking clearly. Another funny part, actually, talking about her, is when she ends up getting decapitated. And her neck, at, at the time when she gets geta- decapitated, is like four feet long. Oh, yeah. And then uh, when they finally decapitate her, it's not like she bleeds. There's just kind of a mist of blood that comes out the top with the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was great. But anyhow, so what ends up happening at the end of the movie is Ash falls through the vortex that they open for the Beast and ends up in the 1300s. And let me think. Let me tell you guys. They accepted him as their king. Well, because he was the one that was prophesied in the book 
to uh, save them from the deadites. I, I have no problem with that. You know, yeah. some guy comes out with a chainsaw and a you know a shotgun in the 1400s, I think it was. Um, 1300s. Either way, it's pretty amazing. But what I'm saying is, in the start of number three, you know, we're not there yet. Let's. Slave. That's that's why I just wanted to point uh, it out. I don't oh. want to move on. I just wanted to point it out. Oh, okay. So, King at the end of one, something happened before Army of Darkness came out. He ends up their slave, and that's how the Army of Darkness shows up. They just have to make it inconsistent in between, just to screw with us. In between movies, <laughs> well, what the, I think they were trying to be consistently inconsistent because like there it. were some inconsistencies between the first and second. That's right, and we would all be freaked out if if, if what happened to half two, of the cast exactly all sorts of stuff like that. This was up so, up against some pretty big movies in 1987. I, th- I think it was. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my notes are deceiving me at the moment. All right, it was up against Lethal Weapon One, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I don't like Dirty Dancing, but it was a pretty big movie. I bet you Jeff would like to Dirty Dance with Mel Gibson. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, Princess Bride. Sorry, this list is long, but there's some good ones. Predator, Spaceballs, RoboCop. Not that good, but I love it. And the horror movies it was up against was The Lost Boys, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Hellraiser 1, Night of the Demons, and Prince of Darkness. Night of the Demons. And this movie had a lot of Prince of, of Darkness was a good one. That was a John Carpenter. It had Alice Cooper as a bum in it. Yeah, our uncle actually had a fan start that was unplugged while he was watching Prince of Darkness. No, that was Evil Dead. Are you sure? I am positive. Well, regardless, we're going to have to figure out from him. One of the Something one of weird happened to him in 87. I know he's recommended Prince of Darkness to me, so maybe I associated the two together. But. At any rate, great flick. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I did find some quotes. By the way, when Sam said, wow, that's crazy, that was another way of saying Shut up, it's my turn no, to talk. No, 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 no. I want to hear that story is what I'm telling you. <laughs> um, I did find a couple of quotes from The Evil Dead 2 that uh, other people have said. There was a part where uh, Ash says, after all, I'm a man and you're a woman. And that was actually Marilyn Manson looking at himself in the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> uh, and then there was also, let's see, there was one other quote from this movie. It was, I now, this was the professor saying, I now know that my wife has become host to a Cantarian demon. I fear that the only way to stop those possessed by the spirit of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. That was actually written down in the journal of O.J. Simpson. <laughs> so, oh, man. That sucks, actually. I wish I wouldn't have shared that now. All right, anyway, so on to the third one. All right. Army of Darkness came out in 1992. And may I add, it's the first Raider movie I ever went to in the theaters. Really? Yes. So the the movie's finished in 92, but released in 1993. The budget was bumped to $11 million. The gross revenue was uh, actually ended up being $21 million. So that's actually not bad. Definitely worth the investment in the movie. The opening weekend, it actually made $4.24 million. All right, so uh, who wants to give the synopsis on the Army of Darkness? Jeff. Jeff, I'll go ahead and do this one again. Hopefully I do not screw up like I did on the Evil Dead 1. <laughs> Anyway, this starts out as Ash coming into medieval times, and he is taken captive by uh, the people there because they think he is a member of an opposing kingdom. Um, so they, what they do is they throw him into a pit where there's a monster in there, and uh, he ends up taking out the monster, you know, killing him, and comes out, and then now everyone receives him as, you know, the promised one who's supposed to come and save them from 
Uh, the Deadites. I don't know if they're considered that at the time, but the evil... They are. Okay. Um, anyway, the only way to do that would be to recite a passage from the Necronomicon, which is located in a cemetery. Um, he ends up kind of getting the book. He doesn't necessarily get it the proper way, so he wakes up the Deadites, which is uh, just a giant army of dead skeletons, zombies kind of. Anyway, uh, so the movie is them fighting off the Deadites and then him defeating them and going back to regular, his real time. Yeah, and uh, the uh, one, the first thing I think that uh, differentiates the Army of Darkness from the other two movies is this is complete comedy. I mean, there are a few potentially scare scare moments, but... They are few and far between. This is well, it's, it's mostly when you've got the demons and he comes and fights one-on-one. I mean, there's one. I, in fact, I looked at the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when uh, he fought the, the she-bitch. <laughs> Yo. Are, had, are you talking about in in the pit or? No, this is the, out of the pit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I looked for I looked through the credits because I, I was looking for Glenn Close with her makeup off. <laughs> <laughs> and she wasn't in it, but I, I know that she just went uncredited because that's exactly who that was. But those are some of the scary parts is when you see those monsters and things like that. But that, that's pretty much it. The rest is, like you said, comedy. Well, in, in another big uh, change between The Evil Dead 2, uh, we saw in Evil Dead 2, we saw, you know, maybe a hint or an inkling that he was uh, going to become, the, you know, a larger-than-life type of character. Well, in Army of Darkness, all bets are off. He becomes the ultimate hero and uh, ultimate uh, just kind of a jerk. He is a walking cliche. Yeah, he is. And that's what makes this so stinking funny. Oh, yeah. I was laughing out loud at some of the lines, and they're, they're ones I've heard before, but it is so funny. Absolutely. Some of the stuff that guy drops oh, yeah. in the middle. And, and what makes it funny is you've got this whole serious story going on behind him, yeah. and he's just dropping lines. He's, he's like a clown <laughs> in the middle of it, just oblivious to the danger, and, you know, well, basically and he knows he's a superhero. And these people have to put up with it because... Yeah. He's he's the chills one. He's the only one that has a shotgun, so he's the only one that's going to be able to kill any of these people. But we we find out that he uh, we mentioned before that he is an uber scientific genius and a master in martial arts. That is correct. <laughs> so so th- and that that's I think that's the biggest transition is he he just becomes this this uh, cliche superhero. But he may have built that cliche. I mean, I'm sure oh, they were there I think before. He did. But there is, there was no one, there is no one that compares to Ash in this movie. Uh, Bruce Campbell was, uh, he just the, made the it best part so of that. Funny. The best part of that is when it's kind of a serious conversation, and Sheila comes up and she's saying how she has faith in him and all this yeah. kind of stuff, and it's like this tender moment. And he goes, "Give me some sugar, baby." Oh yeah, that yeah, is that is awesome. <laughs> I use that every day. Oh yeah, but. but uh, I have a, I have a my favorite line comes a little bit later, but we'll get to that when we talk to it. Just remind me if I. I want right. to point out something interesting about Army of Darkness. Um, the main difference to me, besides its extreme comedy, is the, the fact that all of a sudden it's in medieval times. Um, it, it wasn't just by convenience or like you know just how the story moved that they got to medieval times. Sam Raimi actually thought of this. I think before they even made number two, he's like, well, in number two, if they looked at the Necronomicon, it showed it showed. Uh, uh, the prophecy where a guy would come with a with a ch- with a chainsaw looking thing on on his arm, like lifting it up towards That's the right. shining That's sun, right. 
And so, yeah, I mean, this was all this was all built into the story before. Yeah, exactly. He How can idea. I get this from an extreme horror flick in a cabin? Yeah. To a medieval knight's tale. And maybe that was maybe that was part of the reason why they even made number two. I mean, number two did pretty horrible. It did. Uh, you know, compared comparatively, to the other, compared yeah. to the other two. So maybe that was just a transition so you could make the film you actually wanted to. Yeah, you know, great point. Nah, I don't know. One of my favorite parts is when he's trying to explain to the girl. He gets the girl <laughs> in the movie. You know, she's pretty hot, and and he gets her. And then he's trying to explain to her like that it, it was just a one night stand and yeah. just a you know just a fling. And <laughs> and she's just like, I don't get it. I, what what you about don't those kind me? words you it's said to me in private? It's just pillow talk, baby. <laughs> yeah, just just a note on Paul. Paul loves she bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it, Paul. Don't pretend. <laughs> if you watch the movie, you'll get that joke because it's really not true. <laughs> well, let, let's go over some of the scenes in the movie. I yeah. mean, there. I mean, here, there are a few main characters. We talked about Sheila, who is the love interest in this. Uh, there is the Duke Duke Red Duke Henry the Red I don't remember, and Lord Arthur, which are kind of the main ones. And there's the wise man who is, of course, the uh, great the, stylist that Lord Arthur has. Yeah, wonderful stylist. I loved his style. You mean the Ulta? You know, this is the second. The, uh, this is the second episode in a row where, where we have seen ultimate mullets. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> because Lord Arthur and Duke Henry both have. Pretty wicked mullets. Well, but Lord Arthur has not only a mullet, but he's got the unibrow from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that thing starts and does not stop. I think that's uh, indicative of his uh, of his intelligence. What I mean is that if you've got a unibrow, you you got to be stupid. Well, I don't know. Well, not only stupid, but you know that dude uses that for a sweatband. Now you <laughs> guys have alienated the unibrow crowd too. Gosh, dang it. Well, those, those guys, exclusion. we are doing you a favor. Try to do a little... Dude, mix in some tweezers. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, my favorite character in the story was only in it for a, like a minute or two, and it's when Ash first comes out of the pit and he starts getting ticked at everyone who was messing with him. And I think it's the guy that had the whip. He's yeah. this really weird-looking yeah. guy. <laughs> He's just you want a little? Yeah. You want <laughs> some? Yeah, so anyway, he starts scaring that guy, and that guy gets so embarrassed, he beats up his buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to get back to Lord Arthur, he's so dumb. Ash gets out of that pit and says, hey, your shoe's untied. Dude's wearing armor shoes, (laughs) looks down, and uh, Ash drops it. He just slugs him right in the face. All right, so let's go over some of our favorite scenes. One One of the greatest... Opening, you know, uh, kind of to introduce us to the new world is, or to the to the medieval world is when, uh, of course, the pit, you know, the pit witch, uh, Ash goes down there, kills off a couple of demons, and uh, one of the funniest parts is when he sawed off a demon hand, it went up and attached to some guy's face, <laughs> and it made the court laugh, <laughs> as well as it made me laugh. <laughs> you know, I wanted to point out the difference in demons, one, two, and three. One and two were kind of similar, you know, a little bit differences. Number three, the demon in the pit, backflips. <laughs> yeah, you know, when super, did, when did super the, when did demons. Demons, like, score a seven on the, on the mat, you know, I don't well, get that. Well, and let's get this, how did they capture this extra spry demon to put in the pit in the first place? And it stays down, I mean, when did it figure out it could crawl out <laughs> just when Ash was down there? Yeah. And let's just make it clear that... Sam Raimi should be sued for that demon that was down there, the one that one that climbed out of the pit, because he plagiarized that. 
That is a sand person from Star Wars. <laughs> so I just want that to be. I'm, I'm making a note right there. Actually, they actually the, edited out the part where someone was like, "They're easy to lead to scare off." Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get. I don't know the way they travel in numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to mention that the first guy to die gets thrown into the pit in a fire hydrant of blood. That was <laughs> awesome. Out. Yes. And so Ash is really scared to be shoved in there, and in he's fact, next. In fact, he tries to throw Duke Henry's men under the bus. Oh, whoa. I'd never even seen these assholes before. <laughs> Did you guys notice the part where Indiana Jones played for two minutes in the movie? No. He was just his arm. He whipped his belt to the chain. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. I loved that. That was that's really right. convenient. That, yeah. that belt just latched on perfectly. You know, I have tried to do that. It does not work for me. But then I again. That. I do that every day standing when I open up the shower door. <laughs> To try and get my towel. <laughs> you believe it or not, I actually use my towel to turn on the fan. Whoosh. That's not a joke. <laughs> well, wow. You are now a superhero on the level of Ash. You know what's funny, though? But there's a couple of scenes in the movie. One is at the pit, and the other one's in the cemetery. Where usually, like, if somebody gets hit and they look like they're slow motion going to go in the pit, they never do. Somehow they always recover right at the last right. second. But in both instances, it's funny because he ends up going in. They spend this, like, 30-second to one-minute part of the movie in slow motion where you wonder <laughs> if he's going in. <laughs> and then he does go in. And at the last second before he goes in, he gains consciousness and does a front flip triple axle. <laughs> Did you notice how awesome his front flip was into the pit? You know what? That was only the second best move by him in the pit. The first best it. move is when the wise man threw the chainsaw down. He jumps like 20 feet in the air it looks like lifts up his stub arm and it clicks with the well, with the chainsaw in midair if you look really closely during those parts the the stunt double is actually Brian Boitano <laughs> wow <laughs> we just I hope, alienated all our audience well I, I, hope, no I hope that, that people is. remember who that guy is i mean google it the the only way i know how it is is because i'm a member of his fan club the only reason i know is cuz i watch south park Oh right, <laughs> right. Another great scene from uh, from this movie is when Ash is in in a old building. It, what is it, a windmill? Well, he, he was running and he runs into kind of a windmill. Yeah, and uh, he ends up fracturing a mirror into several thousands of shards. Yeah, and every shard has a little mini Ash in right. it, and they all end up jumping out and and attacking him. And <laughs> <laughs> I think he ends up one jumps down his throat. He yeah. swallows it. Yeah. He tries to drink hot water to kill it, and it doesn't die. <laughs> there was, in this windmill, somebody must have left in the middle of making tea or something, because it was on the stove, it was hot. He tries to grab the handle with his bare hand, and it sizzles, so he picks it up with his metal hand, because it, it was too hot for his normal hand, and then just chugs it. Yeah, the, the three favorite parts for me of that scene, but the first one was, okay, he's pissed off at the mirror, right? Plenty of ways to break it. Number one way he chooses, run into it full speed. <laughs> you know, there was all sorts of objects he could have thrown at the mirror. Could have done the job. <laughs> the, actually, it makes more sense. In there, There's another cut where he actually thinks that he's... I can't remember how it's set up, but it makes more sense. They kind of cut right into that. But it, it seems like somebody's running away from, or running at him. He runs up to meet him and doesn't realize it's him in the mirror. 
Either way, he looked like an idiot. Apparently, he's an engineer, a chemist, all of above, and he just an idiot. Next best part. Did you guys see the special effects when they plugged his nose so he eat the little guy? All you gotta watch the little guys. They both put their hands out like this. There were like it was a background, uh, the background shot of Ash laying on the floor, and uh, two mini ashes are on both sides of his head. You know, superimposed onto this shot. Just going like this. They're clearly five feet in front of them. (laughs) It's hilarious. Next best part, he can't pull his head off the fryer, so he grabs a spatula, cranks his face off, doesn't even leave a mark. By the way, (laughs) not only does he grab the spatula, he takes the time to pick it up and shake it for the camera. so, So he goes, as if to say, yes, I found the right tool. And then he spatulas his face off. That, and that, that scene is actually when Evil Ash was born. What happens is when he drinks that, that hot water with the tiny ash in his belly, it actually just melts into him and uh, Evil Ash splits off from him there. Anyhow, so it, it moves on from there. They, the Ash and Evil Ash fight for a little while and Ash wins and brings out one of the best lines of all time. He, he chops him up. Puts him in a hole. His body is in the bag. His head is out of the bag. Or Evil Ash starts talking some crap. And he goes, and then regular, I don't know if I mentioned, regular Ash goes, hey, what you got there on your face? And then Evil Ash head goes, huh? All of a sudden, dirt. <laughs> Just <laughs> a shovel full of dirt drops on it. It was great. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, basically, after that part, he, st- he, he, tra- he travels on, continues his adventure to get the Necronomicon, ends up in... Uh, traveling to the cemetery, and he ends up in the cemetery where he finds not only one copy of the Necronomicon, but he sees three. Yeah, there's three books, and a little background. The wise men told him, to get the book, you must recite this phrase exactly. You know, and he kind of says, you know, I got it, leave me alone. Anyway, he gets there, and then uh, he doesn't quite, if he doesn't at first remember that, and he decides just to kind of grab the book. So, So he opens up the first book, and it's this giant, like, suction tunnel. <laughs> you know, yes. it's the funniest thing ever. When he gets his face sucked in, he goes in there and he comes out and his face is about four feet long. <laughs> yeah. You know, that part's awesome. And then the next book, he's like, you know, that first book, we obviously know that's not it. Let's grab the second one. He miraculously puts his hand right in the open mouth of the book and it bites him. That scared the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I jumped when, the, when he stuck his hand out to get it and it went in the mouth and the eyes in the book open up and bite him. You know, let's admit, when's, the, a little. When, when's the last time you grabbed a book with the tip of your fingers on the front of the book? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it just becomes like a bat. There's a like nice a vampire <laughs> bat. There's a nice handle on the front of this book. You know, I don't know what he was thinking. Well, and then he battles it for a little while and, the, and then it's one of... One of my favorite parts of the movie happens. He he finally gets it back down. He finally beats the book. It's back in its place, and he goes, "Ooh, ooh, I'll get back to you." <laughs> anyway, so it leaves him with one book left, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, the wise men told me to recite those words." And I don't, <laughs> do you remember the words exactly? Klatu varata nikto. Anyway, you can't remember the last word, so he's like, "Klata varatu." <laughs> Brata, brata, nickel, knocker, needle. I know it's an N word. He just makes up all these words, and, on, and then he starts grunting a little more on the last word, and then he thinks that's good enough. So he picks up the book, and lightning starts happening, and he's like, hey, I said the words. You can't do that. I, I did it right. Yeah, he, he tries to uh, plead with the powers that be to 
try to trick him into thinking that he made the said the correct words. Well, that's when the evil army wakes up. And um, then from that point on, Ash, it was a really hard trip out there, but not a really eventful one back. He makes it back to the castle without uh, really any challenges to overcome. But uh, he, he makes it there, and everyone's In the meantime, pissed off. I, I think this is the part of the gratuitous nudity that I just couldn't figure out why they even had to throw it in there. Yeah, where'd they get, where'd they get the winches? I don't know. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, they were, we're going to go grab the... And all of a sudden, you see a girl walk by with, with, uh, with it hanging out. I like, wouldn't say I, gratuitous. I no, is, it was gratuitous. This is like, when why did they the put evil... When the, I don't know what that means. It when, just means uh, they just threw it in there just to throw it in there. And this happened that. when the, the army of the dead were waking up all their buddies... And all of a sudden, they had a couple naked ladies. Yeah, those chicks were just recently dead. That's why they weren't skeletons yet. They, no, they were. Uh, they, they got them from somewhere because they were. Uh, there was no shrivelage. They, they were accused of witchcraft. Yeah, but they got them from somewhere though. <laughs> I have no idea where they. Yeah, got I don't them. know either because they're, they're they're in the middle of the cemetery, and you've got vivacious they girls, were hotter than the full full breasted. Anyhow, this he he makes it back to the to the court of Lord Arthur, even though he didn't say the words right. Uh, part of the deal was that they would send him back to his own time, which they keep. They plan on keeping their word, and you know they get all ready to send him back. And this is, uh, it, you know, but everyone's disappointed and kind of bummed with him that he, he's not going to stick around and help him fight or, and whatnot. However, this this kind of brings up uh, one of my favorite points is uh, he kind of comes out of nowhere after everybody thinks that he's not going to help him fight. He gets up on a wall and he's he's addressing the everyone down below. So what are you gonna do? Go home and cry to mama? And Lord Arthur asks him very poignantly, "Are all men from the future loudmouth braggarts?" Ash, of course, says, "Just me, baby. Just me." <laughs> that's that's my favorite line of the movie. Basically, what happens is they get into this big battle with the army of the dead. They win. And um, they banish the evil. Good stuff. I yeah, definitely little, definitely wins Bonesaw Awards. Yes. So the last ten minutes isn't that funny, but it's necessary. What uh, when he's back in his own time? No, when he's sorry. The, the, the ten minutes before he gets back in time, where this the okay. battle because it's kind of just like a drawn out battle. Yeah, you know, evil Ash and. Well, I couldn't figure Ash. out how they were. They're undead. They're yeah. deadites, but they were dying. Well, they were blowing up. It's, some of the some of the skeletons were actually made of tinker toys. Did you notice how you touch them and they instantly? It was pretty interesting. Well, and you know what the funny part is, is? I had never heard a skeleton say, "Let's get the hell out of here" before. Right there at the end, it's pretty intimidating. Yeah. Uh, dropping the, the hell word right Does there. Does he understand he's a skeleton? Yeah, it's not very scary. <laughs> that ruins our our preconceived notions about uh, skeletons and being pansies. That's right. Anyhow, so that. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Definite recommend. Of course, I'd, like I said, I like the Evil Dead Part 2 the best, but this one's a definite watch. Yeah, number three was my favorite. The Evil Dead Part 1 is probably the scariest. Yeah. But yeah, it depends on what mood I'm in, because like, if I really want to go watch something that's, that's creepy, I go watch Evil Dead. But if I want some funny stuff, the other two are just great. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have to admit, though, Army of Darkness is probably the most watchable over and over. Just because it's a little cleaner, it's a little crisper, uh, and it's totally funny. Yeah, they definitely filmed it bigger budget. Uh, I can tell. Uh, I, it was eleven million dollars, which you know was uh, I think Evil Dead Two was three point five. So yeah, three times. So there you go. 
So what movies came out that year, Jeff? All right, we got a pretty good list this one's up against, just like Evil Dead 2. Um, Jurassic Park, The Fugitive, Sleepless in Seattle. And in horror, we have The Children of the Corn 2, Jason Goes to Hell. Well, I found some quotes. All right, let's, let's see the quotes. This movie, obviously. Let's see. I've got uh, Yo, She Bitch, Let's Go. That was a, that was a good... <laughs> That was actually Donald Trump's Rosie O'Donnell when they were feuding. <laughs> um, nice. What's that you got on your face? Mike referenced that line earlier. And that Mike Tyson actually whispered that to Evander Holyfield before he bit his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. You found me beautiful once, honey. You got real ugly. That was uh, when, when Ash's girlfriend, Sheila, she said, you found me beautiful once. And then he said, honey, you got real ugly. And Kevin Federline actually said that to Britney Spears. <laughs> And then the last one, unfortunately, it's, uh, oh, dear God, it's growing bigger. And when I put that in oh, Google, no. it actually blew up my computer because <laughs> yeah. too much came back on that one. I'll bet. So <laughs> I think every, every, uh, every woman on her, on her wedding night is. Wow, way, way to uh, hold back. Way to show some restraint. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We all appreciate it. Well, uh, now moving on to the uh, – we've gone kind of long. But uh, moving on to the next segment, we'll just mention – very shortly, uh, very quickly, a couple other things that uh, the Evil Dead trilogy kind of spawned. First of all, there's all sorts of comic book adaptations. There are, you know, Ash has Army of Darkness has its own comic book line. Uh, there's actually an Ash, a Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic book. There are Marvel Zombies vs. Ash. So, I mean, this is a phenomenon. I mean, this isn't just... I mean, it, obviously it's a cult classic, but it has made the rounds. I mean, it's not just... Uh, these three movies, and in, 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 in that's it. You know, these are still uh, alive and uh, evolving the storylines as uh, as we speak. But uh, one of the things that it did spawn was there was actually a musical put out called Evil Dead the Musical. It, I watched it. It was terrible. How was it? Oh, it, was, okay. it was awful. But anyway. Where did it rate on the scale with Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical, which you love so much? You know, I I am a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and when the music episode came out, I enjoyed it, and I still do to this day. Awesome. There were three video games that were put out based on uh, the Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness series. It was actually, um, I've got the names right here. And uh, there's Evil Dead, Hail to the King, Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick, and Evil Dead Regeneration, which all were flops. In, uh, actually, Regeneration was actually a little playable, but fairly boring. But so we're still waiting for some to come out of this franchise that is, uh, you know, worthwhile. Maybe it'll be the remake of Evil Dead. Oh yeah, I was going to bring that up after the first one. There's talks of the remake. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. Did we not mention that? No, we didn't mention it. Uh, but we thought about mentioning it. Oh. Okay. We'll see how it goes. I think they're going to take... There's going to be no comedy in it, though. I, and I don't think they'll try to portray Ash as the same Ash we know. Yeah. Well, you look at the, the remakes that have come out, and it, it's, it goes for pure horror. I mean, pure, scary, psychosis. Up That's the ante kind of the on the, yeah. the realism of the gore. Yeah. This movie has a good base to go off to, because it could have been... It was pretty scary the first time I ever saw it. Kind of boring, because I, I was waiting for number two and three, because I love two and three so much. You know, so this last time I watched, I was just kind of waiting, but I think they could make this thing pretty awesome. Very nice. Well, there's one more section that we do every week, and this is the non-movie horror. And so, going with the theme of the medieval times, I went and looked up three different torture methods. 
<laughs> nice. From the medieval times, just to kind of see what was going on. That's a good segue from Army of Darkness. You like that? So the first one is the Spanish tickler. And what they would do is they would tie a person up naked, arms up in the air, legs down, and they'd stretch them out. And they would actually have this metallic claw. And they would mutilate the victim, beginning with the limbs, and then slowly move onto the back and the neck, and then finally the face. Dang. So it's just this cat paw that they would just rip, rip them apart, all muscles and stuff like that. And they usually use these tortures to try and get them to admit to uh, being witches, which we know are all over the place. And I don't right. know why they don't do that today, because we know that like one in five people are witches. <laughs> so I'm surprised this, this stuff isn't around still. Right. Um, so anyways, that's the Spanish tickler. So if you guys need help in uh, putting one together, contact Jeff. Because he knows all about that stuff. No, I only know about the French tickler. Oh, well. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Anyways, the next one is flaying. The flaying torture. And this is this is an old torture method that actually started in the Middle East. And what they would do is, is there's several different ways that they would get the body ready. Um, they would either leave them out in the sun until they were sunburned and blistered and they'd peel the skin off that Dang. way with a small knife. Sometimes they would boil the people, like dip them in boiling water to loosen up their skin. And then they'd, they'd uh, skin them. Uh, they usually would start with the face and then peel down um, all the way down to the victim's feet, but most of the victims died before they reached their waist. Dang. So that was that was pretty solid. I'm sure what, I'm going to sleep. What do you mean that. by solid exactly? Yeah, gonna, Why don't you explain what you mean? We're by talking about horror, dude. That's horrific. That is horrific. All right, and then the last <laughs> one is the crocodile tube, and what would happen is, is that a, a victim would be fixed inside a tube just big enough for their entrance, and then the tube would have teeth-like spikes that were slowly compressed, leaving the victim totally immobilized. And then they would, uh, and then they would, um, they would heat it up. And so the torturer would gradually heat up the tub and then extract a confession or kill the, the victim. Jeez. Um, and they could also torture their, their – because their head was sticking out, so were their feet. So they could do things like skin their feet or they could, uh, they could do things to their face. So, um, oh, let's see. Toe ripping was the preferred choices, is what it says, to inflict pain. So thank heavens I don't live in the Well, I'll tell you what, I would admit to being a witch. I would, too. I'd tell them right then and there. So anyway, that's that. All right. Well, thanks for... That was was a little creepy. Those were awesome. Maybe maybe that was a little... uh, (laughs) Was that a little over the top, man? That was a little... The whole night's about comedy and Sam's the best planet. Yeah, we're going to go straight from comedy and Army of Darkness right into... Just being sick. Anyhow, well, thank you very much. Are, are, is there anything else that we're going to talk about? I don't think so. I think so we're held to the king, baby. All right. Uh, as usual, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a death scene here. What was that? You keep searching. I'll check it. Don't be frightened, Charlie. 
Hurry, Peter, get it open. He's locked it from the inside. What's wrong? Don't you want me anymore? From a famous horror movie. Do we have a winner on that last one? We didn't get anybody 
It, uh, even knew it was all of you 30 people that guys, downloaded the podcast? listen to it? I mean, it's not like you can Google it and try to figure it out. You know, you can't Google a sound, but it was impossible. Listen, there's sweet Did you prizes. not know it? No, I had no idea. So if you get it right, you get a videotape, and you should consider yourself. Yeah, there's sweet prizes. I thought it was fairly do it. obvious. Don't, don't tell them, because we still need a winner. Right. It's not Evil Dead. That's a hint. All right, as usual, every, every week we are going to invite you to visit cadaverlab.com. That is C-A-D-A-V-E-R lab, L-A-B.com. Uh, there we have our trivia. We have uh, our forums where you can actually put in your guess for the kill scene of the, of the episode, which uh, you just barely heard. Um, and also read our blogs, contact us in any way. Give us a, a review on iTunes or go to Podcast Alley or Podomatic. And you can visit us there at cadaverlab.podomatic.com. Um, again, we appreciate you listening. Is there anything else from you guys? Nope. Well, about done? Done. Are you, sure, are you sure, Jeff? I mean, you've been so funny. So punchy tonight. All right. So thanks a lot. And make sure to catch us next time. <laughs>